You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 95 with Laura Casey. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm so excited to have Laura Casey on the show today. She is the woman behind Making Things Happen Conference and Cultivate What Matters as well as Southern Weddings Magazine. And so I wanted her to come on the show today just to kind of talk to us about what it's been like running these businesses and the challenges that she's had and how she's overcome them. So if you're looking to start a business or a side hustle, or you currently are in a business and you just need some inspiration, I feel like you're really gonna love this episode. She's a mom of three and she really has a lot going on and I feel like she has learned to be super intentional. And so if you're having a hard time with distractions or just feeling like you're not focusing on what matters, then this episode is for you. So let's go to the show. Laura, I am so happy to have you on the show today. I am so grateful to be here. It is a joy. Yeah, we were just talking before we started recording that it just feels like it was yesterday when we saw each other, but then also a million years um, ago. Has. Yeah. Yes. And so it feels like a long lost friend that I'm talking to. So mm, I, I, I am so, that. yeah, I'm so happy. And, you know, sometimes when I see Amber Housley, I kind of feel like a little bit of, uh, you know, you through her just because she works with you and yes. stuff. So it, it kind of makes me think of that. And, you know, she is the one who introduced me to you um, when I went to Inspired Retreat. She just kept saying your name over and over again. I just thought, okay, who is this girl? And That's what so is funny. making things happen? And we need to go there. So, But we'll jump into that um, in a few seconds. Um, but besides starting the podcast, I also became a travel agent specializing in family travel and couples travel. And so I love to ask an icebreaker regarding travel. So... What is your favorite vacation spot that you have gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Ooh, this is a good question. Well, of course I would cough right off the bat here. Apologies. I have a little bronchitis. Um, My favorite spot is watercolor Florida. And I know it's like a very popular place to go right now. Mm -hmm. Seaside watercolor area. But I've been going there since I was like a kid, like middle school. So my parents live really close by there. And it was definitely not as like luxurious as it is now. Um, Yes, but it's more on the high end. It's on the high end now, (laughs) but it just holds some really sweet, like earthy memories for me. So I love it. With kids, without kids. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll go in this a second where you're from, but you guys live, do you live near the beach? No, we don't. No, you don't. Oh, okay. Chapel Hill, North Carolina, but my parents are from Pensacola, Florida, and that's where I grew up. So we are up here in kind of farm country. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, I love going there and kind of like what you were saying about um, having those childhood memories. That's why we go to Destin and all that kind of stuff every year. We can get there pretty easily driving. And um, I just want to have my, I want my girls to have that kind of memory as well. So it makes me always smile when I hear an adult saying that they went to that area or anywhere, right? Anywhere that you go to often. I just feel like that really cements, I don't know, this like, joy into kids. And then they have these really sweet memories um, about one location. And so I I hope that my girls feel the same way. So that that makes me glad to hear that that you love it because of that. Yes, I do. Such good memories. Yeah. Well, uh, let's get into the show. So how about you tell us what your name is, your first and last name, where you're from, which you just told us, but how many kids do you have? And then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. 
Yes. So my name is Laura Casey Isaacson and I have three kiddos. I have two two two-year-olds and one six and a half year old who's about to go into first grade. Um, I'm here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I've been here for the last 10 years as of this month, which is crazy. Um, Yeah. I think that's all you asked me, right? (laughs) Is there anything else in there? (laughs) Yeah. Did you tell me how old your kids are? Yes. Oh yeah. And how many? Yes. Yep. Yep. Got it. Yeah. And so um, let's jump into where, um, how you got to where you are today. We'll do a little snippet and then we'll jump into them each individually. That sounds good. Um, So 10 years ago, I started Southern Weddings Magazine and I don't have a degree in journalism or publishing, anything like that. But I, in putting this in a nutshell here, um, had a lot of passion to want to tell people's unique stories. And so with no knowledge or anything like that, I um, started mocking up a wedding magazine cover one night. And as they say, the rest is history. It just snowballed from there over time and through lots of ups and downs and life lessons. Um, and through that, a lot of people asked me for business advice. Um, this is kind of back before a lot of people were doing their own creative thing or they were living out their passion, so to speak. Um, and they had seen me doing something to that effect. And so I had a lot of people ask me, like, how do you make things happen? And that's where Amber and I met here, mm-hmm. which was um, through the Making Things Happen conference, which I have now been doing for um, almost nine years, nine years this fall. And through the Making Things Happen conference and all the principles that we teach about intentional living, a another brand grew out of that called Cultivate What Matters. And that brand um, is where I spend all my time now. Um, we recently retired Southern Weddings Magazine to focus solely on Cultivate What Matters, where we help women to uncover good goals, make an action plan, and then live them out. Yeah, I love that. And we'll go into that all into detail so that people can get all the nitty gritty. Um, But one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on the show is because I have a lot of moms listening that are thinking about transitioning careers or thinking about the side hustle, or maybe just wanting to start their own business because they've been staying home with kiddos and maybe Mm -hmm. they're going on to kindergarten, or maybe they're just finally catching that breath from them being infants. And they're just like, you know, I think I can start thinking about things besides you know, diapers and breastfeeding and all that kind of stuff, which we all know (laughs) how that goes. And so, um, I, so I, I wanted to bring you up because I find that a lot of people love to hear about how stories begin, but also not just seeing them at the end when they look very successful, but when they were going through the trying times, when it's challenging the obstacles and how they got over it. Because I think so many people, um, deal with this. I feel like this with weight loss too. Like people, it's great to see people on the end, but sometimes you really mm-hmm. want to know how was it to go through it in current time? Because yeah. you yeah. don't just lose weight like straight from like A to B. Right. It's kind of like you go back, you go forward, you maintain. Same with business stuff. And so I really kind of want to expose this and kind of just inspire moms to know that it isn't just from A to B and everything's super easy. So as we dive into kind of each section, I would love for you to share with us too, like what you found challenging about Mm -hmm. it versus just like, this is how I came up with it. And boom, boom, it was so easy. Um, So that we leave the moms inspired that they can really go after their dreams, even if they're running into challenges right now. So with that said, um, I I wanted to start with, I do want to start with Southern 
um, wedding magazine to why um, you decided to to stop writing it. Because here's the thing. I think a lot of people, they've started something and then they're afraid to stop because they're going to lose that whole audience. So how about you walk us through how you came to that? And was it really hard knowing that you could lose, you know, a big portion of your audience and, and, and what made you feel like, nope, let's still go through with this? Yeah, I, well, I love all these questions. I think to your first point, um, you know, wanting to know what challenges there were, I mean, it's oh, so hard for me to pick just one because there's so many. I'd say that 90% of my journey has been challenges. The 10% has been the fruit that's come from my own personal growth and um, the like incredible things that we've been able to be a part of because of all of that. But I think I've learned over time that if we're not uncomfortable, then we're probably not stretching ourselves enough. And that's not to say like, we need to work harder or we need to strive for more. It's more, are we constantly putting all of our heart into what really matters? Um, so to answer your question, it, it leads right into the story of Cultivate What Matters, becoming our main focus. Deciding to let go of Southern Weddings is a mirror to my entire journey and our entire journey. So Southern Weddings, um, just to like pull back the curtain for you, and I've shared this on my blog too in much more detail, um, is it was very successful. So monetarily successful, um, successful as far as like helping people and like doing really good work in people's lives, helping to um, get couples to plan meaningful beginnings to married life. So it's almost like, how do you let go of something like that? But there came a point where for me as a leader, and I have a small team, um, started out with just me, and then it's grown to um, 10 ladies, including myself. But it is, as you can imagine, running a like national magazine plus this brand that just was growing, growing, growing with Cultivate What Matters. It stretched me as a leader, stretched me as a mom. And it was right around the time I felt God was telling me to homeschool. Um, and I just knew that you cannot um, do it all and do it well. Mm. And sometimes, and I've only learned this recently from having gone through this transition, but sometimes you have to prune and let go of even really good things, like things that are changing the world. Southern Weddings, I can confidently say, change the world. Um, and I know that from like the hundreds of thousands of emails we've gotten from couples that have shared their stories with us. And so instead of looking at it as we're letting go of that, we are just closing a chapter to say that was good. So my encouragement to people listening is um, it's okay to let go of a dream in order to grow a better one. And you never know what's going to happen when you say no to something or let go of something or stop in the middle of a project. You're never going to know what that time and space that what that's going to open up for you until you do it. And so the evolution for us was just feeling this friction, this tension of running two businesses at once, knowing that we wanted to, as a team, just put all of our heart and soul into one thing and we had to choose. And that's hard. It's like kind of choosing between your kids. I hate to use yeah. that illusion, but, yeah. um, but, um, you know, over the last year, yes, the answer is yes. It has been extremely difficult and not just, you know, a couple good, ugly cry sessions now and then, but, you know, I'm brought sure. us to our knees and as a team, like had some very difficult conversations. Like we're all in, in intimately attached to this work with Southern Weddings. So, um, yeah, the answer is yes, but you know what? Good things come out of hard things. 
And I love that. Yeah. We really took our time to make the decision to like, we knew that, that it was coming, like cultivate was growing so fast and we knew we had done good work with Southern, Southern weddings and that that work would continue to last. And so we just had to decide, but yes, it was hard. And yes, it continues to be hard. <laughs> you know, um, work is work. And I don't mean that in like a negative way. I mean, doing good yep. work to help people, um, take sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. I totally hear you because I was just, well, it was, it was funny. We were watching Netflix and we saw like the CrossFit competition. Like we don't do CrossFit. Yes, and yes. they're talking about like, you don't see what we're doing in the basement and we're mm. riding that bike and all that stuff. You only see when we're on the stage. And I was joking with Tad. I'm like, nobody sees that we're editing the podcast on a Sunday so that they can yeah. hear Tuesday. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But, um, because I mean, it's not the same effort as, a you know, CrossFit competition, uh, the fittest person in the no, world. But I get that. Yeah, but you're still like, we're not taking a nap is my my point on a right. Sunday afternoon because we're trying to work on stuff or if it's a Saturday or whatever. And so I totally get what you're saying. And to have two very successful businesses, um, I, yeah, I can see why you'd have to pick one. But I, I do feel for you of having to make that decision and how hard that would be to let it go. Because it's one thing if a business is failing and dying, it's another yeah. to let it go when it's thriving and doing well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, um, it's challenging, but then we always talk about the profit of people. So what makes it actually pretty easy for us? I mean, yes, we can see, you know, the lines on our profit and loss look a little bit different because of that. But, um, our big picture goal is wanting to help women cultivate what matters. And the only way to do that is to throw all of our eggs in that basket. And so it is worth that sacrifice. I mean, it's just like with our children. It's like all of us, you know, everybody that's listening right now, we make such incredible sacrifices for our families and children, no matter what your circumstances or situation is. Um, and we know that those things are like little seeds. Like we just hope and pray that those are going to grow into good things in the big picture. And so it's worth it. It's worth it to make those sacrifices now. Yeah. Well, and so um, moving on to making things happen. So is it still called making things happen or is it, it called? Is. It is. You okay. It. So you just brand it. You just um, came up with a brand, Cultivate What Matters, and then you put Making Things Conference inside that brand. Correct. correct? You got okay. it. Yes. So you had Making Things Happen. And how long were you doing Making Things Happen before you started Cultivate What Matters? Yeah. So we've been doing, um, we've actually had our power sheets goal planner as our, as our main product. And we've had that for six years and it's a whole nother story to tell you about how the name changed from Laura Casey shop to cultivate what matters, but essentially we've been ha we've had that for six years. So oh, okay. I guess, um, it, let's see, we, we had the conference for then three years mm -hmm. before we started cultivate what matters. Which okay. Cultivate what matters. Yeah. Yeah. And let's walk through that. So when you first started doing it, this is how I met you in Phoenix. Yeah. And so now you don't do it. You're not traveling all over the place. So um, how did you find out or figure out, okay, you know what, let's stop doing it like this format and we're going to bring it to Chapel Hill. <laughs> Kids. That's how. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they change um, things. <laughs> yep. So I think Emily Lay was pregnant at the time. I think I was pregnant or like one of us was. <laughs> Dina wanted to have kids at some point yeah. and we just all thought to ourselves, we're just not, we just can't, you Do know, yep. go all over the place. And so we decided to just take a risk and 
Uh, we also wanted more time with people. So now we do the Making Things Happen conference twice a year here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Our next one is coming up in September. And we do it in a two-day conference format, which has been extremely successful. It's just mm. great to have the first day where we dig deep and we uncover um, each attendee's goals. And then on the next day, we start to get tactical, like whether someone's a business owner or a love-at-home mom or whatever it is, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It's just really neat to go through a process alongside women over those two days. Yeah. So besides shifting it to North Carolina to make it more, you know, convenient for you with the kids, what do you feel like was, and it could still be the biggest challenge with trying to do that, but, but it's worth, worth doing the event in itself. Um, I think as it relates to motherhood, one of the biggest challenges is, having, so I work from home. Um, we have a full-time caregiver here and I homeschool my daughter, Grace, two days a week. So I'm very involved with the kids, even though we have childcare here. Um, so for me personally, the hardest thing is having days where I'm away from the house all day and sometimes into the evening, if we're having dinner with speakers or something and making sure that I am balancing that out with, days where I'm fully with them or experiences that create memories for them. And also for me personally, just not burning out with that. Um, and because I have my hands in so many different things, just like all of us do, um, making sure that I'm not just finding balance in my days, but balance in my weeks and in my months. Um, so for instance, intentionally scheduling ahead of time, um, a, like an afternoon off once a month or, you know, making sure I have, a longer lunch break with the kids after these big conference days that I've been away. Um, I think it just helps all of us to feel like our wells are filled and like we can all do our best work. Yeah. What have you learned um, from doing this? Have you realized that? Um, so for me, like when I, when I have to be on, so I'm introverted. I don't know. Are you extroverted? I'm an introvert, actually. Oh, an introvert. I do okay. a lot of extroverted things, but yes. I thrive in solitude. So, Me too. Yes. So I totally get it. And so um, I feel like there has to be decompress decompressing time that, yes. you know, it's not to be mean to anybody, but it's kind of like, uh, I just need to either watch TV, read a book. I don't know, something where people don't need me. And that is something that I've learned and have started to enforce more and more as I've gotten older. And so Mm. when you're saying that, um, you know, creating those times that you need an afternoon off or whatever. And I think that's good to know, because I think that sometimes people see people, especially when they're doing events, you know, um, I'll just give you an example. Todd and I have gone to Tony Robin events. They're huge and he can go on and on. But, um, what I realize is he really takes care of himself before and after. And then he's, I've noticed that he started to change uh, the timeframes of how long he was speaking, um, because, you know, he's, he's gotten older, he's not, you know, twenties or thirties and he still goes for a long time. And so, um, I think what people don't realize is I think they see these people and then they think, oh, they can do it all. And, and they don't get tired and, you know, and and that's why, yeah, we're not on all the time. So that's why I wanted to ask, you know, what have you learned? And and so that is good to know that you, you schedule those times Mm -hmm. off afterwards mm-hmm. so that you can get kind of refreshed and refueled. Yeah. And you know, practically speaking, I know that there's probably a lot of moms out there that are like, that sounds great. You can make your own schedule. I can't really do that. Right. Um, but there are opportunities that I've noticed through working with women over the last 10 years that um, we can use like a law of exchanges and this can get tricky. But for instance, 
five minutes on social media versus five minutes, like you said, like decompressing or being outside in nature or whatever it is, that is an incredibly valuable exchange. Um, so even the little by little does add up. And for me during like crazy weeks, I just came out of two crazy weeks where we had our team summit. We had a huge three-day photo shoot. I was like feeling it at the end of those two oh, weeks. Yeah. I was like, I just want to sit with my kids and play Legos. Um, but the little tiny things do add up. So for me, I just tried intentionally to step away for a second, take a deep breath. So even if it's like moments, that really can add up to you finding balance. And I think that's possible. Hey guys, it's Amber. And you've been hearing me talk all about travel. And I am so passionate about helping families create memories through intentional travel planning. I know it's summertime and it might not even be on your radar for fall break or Christmas break, but it's just around the corner. It's a perfect time to go to Disney, Mexico, or even a Caribbean cruise. So if you don't have plans yet for those school breaks, I invite you to set up an appointment with me. It's completely free, both for the consultation call so that we can talk about what your plans are, what your dreams are, and put them into action. And it's also completely free to use my services to allow me to come alongside and help you make these plans a reality. So to book your time with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash contact. Now let's get back to the show. So with you having three young kids and you're trying to homeschool, I'm just curious like how you go and set up your week to be able to get all the stuff done for work and taking care of yourself. Um, Because even though, like you said, you have help that doesn't mean that it solves all your problems. You know, it's always funny. People say to me like, oh, if I had a housekeeper, my house would be so amazing. I'm like, well, yeah, Yeah, if nobody lived in it, I mean, it's going to get messy like two hours later. I mean, because you have kids. So um, why don't you kind of just paint us a picture of like what you've learned, um, what you need in a normal week. So not when you're doing um, photo shoots, Mm -hmm. not when you're traveling and all that, just in a normal week. um, How are you finding the balance between being present with your kids and also getting your work done? Yeah, I mean, I will say that it's it's tricky. It is something worth working for, though. So I can't like look back and say, "Oh, that was a perfect week." Like it, it doesn't like happen really. But the the goal really is just that your heart is oriented in the right direction, and um, that you've made that little by little progress forward to cultivate the hearts of your children. To you know, if you're someone that works outside the home, to um, you know, cultivate the hearts of your teammates or whatever it is. So for me, what I've learned is that I have to build in rhythms ahead of time. And again, this is like just for me and my circumstances, but I think this can really apply to anybody is when I start the year and I just did this this year, I'm just now feeling this. Um, I knew that because of the like burnout and um, lack of time that I I had for like some things that I really wanted to grow. I had to look at my calendar and say, okay, every quarter I have to take two days off every month. I have to take a Friday afternoon off or something. Um, and to build in intentional time with the kids too. So that's kind of high level is to just look ahead at your calendar, fill it with intentional times of rest before your calendar fills itself up. Cause it's going to fill itself up. Also not over committing myself on the weekends, just knowing how hard we work. Um, and how little time I have with just me and the kids sometimes. I have to have clear weekends. So that means I have to say no a lot. I have to say no to friends that want to get together and I have to say, sorry, I can't meet you for six months. Um, but to me, that is worth it. It's yeah. worth 
disappointing other people in order to love my family well and be there for them. Um, On a more like acute level, Mm -hmm. I think that I, and I think everybody would probably say this about themselves, but the main thing is that I say no to a lot of distractions in my life. So I'll just give you some very practical, tactical things. One thing is that I don't use social media on the weekends and I haven't for like eight years. And that's not for me about like following a rule. It's really just very life-giving for me to remember what really matters and to not ever have a distraction when my husband and my kids are present. Um, so that's one thing that I do. Um, we also like don't watch TV or like, there's some things that we just had to choose not to do so that we could have more intentional time together. And then in the last year, and only because our kids are a little bit older, we're just coming out of the cray cray season of having two babies (laughs) at once. Um, but my husband and I decided to make the investment to have a weekly date night. And that's like, you know, it's a financial sacrifice for us to do that. And we're not going anywhere fancy. It's just like going down the street or whatever, but we know that that will fuel us to be better parents and it fuels us to be better in our marriage, fuels us spiritually, all of it. So there's just, I mean, there's so many more things, Mm -hmm. but I I think the whole theme of it is, um, being your best advocate right where you are with what you have in your particular season, because I certainly couldn't have talked about date nights in our previous season. It was more about survival. Um, so again, like you might be listening to me thinking, Oh, I can't wait to get to a season like that. (laughs) Um, just use what you have right where you are. And maybe it means you're taking the baby with you, like out for a five minute walk with your husband, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Use what you have right where you are. Yeah. I did a show with the first male guest that I've ever had on and his name is Mike Fabares and he's a pastor in California. And that was one of his things. So he wrote a book called Raising Men, Not Boys. And one Mm. of his advice was he goes on a weekly date with his wife. And um, so I do think there's something to be said about that, but I totally understand like it's not always feasible. And, you know, I was just saying to him on that show that if you don't have the money to for the sitters, that maybe you can find another couple that you can swap. Yes, you trade. With. Yep. Right. So because it is expensive and sitters are no yeah. joke. They're expensive. They're no joke. Yes. Um, and so I'm like, man, I really picked the wrong career. Um, you should be babysitting. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, but that's a good point. Like yeah. for us, one of the ways we kind of justified it in our minds is uh, both of our babysitters that we kind of rotate through are, um, younger girls from church and they like totally need the money. They're like mm. in that season of life where this is a huge blessing to them. So for us, we kind of look at it as a ministry opportunity too, that we not only have these ladies come into our home to babysit our kids and to be there while they're sleeping, but, um, we also talk to them afterwards and we ask how their life is. And, um, it becomes a neat opportunity for us to kind of speak into their lives too. Oh, I love that. That is great. Yeah. That's a, that's a good tip to kind of do that. So, um, I appreciate that. Um, so let's just talk about having a team. Um, cause I, I know that so many women start off, right. You started off as a one woman show yep. and, yep. um, and usually people are not adding on team members because of expenses, but right. what do you wish you would have done when you first started first starting out to make your life easier? Cause I feel like a lot of times people are like, okay, so when should I be adding a team member and like how much money should I be making before I could justify this? And then some people say you need to do it before you think that you need to do it. So I, I would just love to hear your thought process on this. Yes, I agree with all of that. Um, you know, I don't have any regrets about the way things went because I learned a lot through 
making all the mistakes. Um, I think my honest answer to your question is I really wish I would have had an MBA <laughs> and I would have had more knowledge about this before mm. um, becoming a CEO. Yeah. Um, but I think practically speaking, this is going to sound really basic, but one of the ways that we hire here and one of the ways that I did before is just sitting down and making a list of all the things that you do. And then looking at that list and saying, which are the things that only I can do if I'm being really honest with myself? Um, and then thinking to yourself, okay, um, which are the things that maybe could be passed off to someone else? Now, there's also interim options. There's so many options nowadays. It's not like you have to bite the bullet and hire like an entirely full-time employee right off the bat. You could hire a VA. You could hire a part-time employee. Um, so my encouragement is it doesn't have to be forever. Give it a really good fighting chance. And I, I haven't really heard of anybody that like took on an employee and decided employees are not for me. Um, maybe there's people out there, but in general, it's more about the fear of it. It's about the fear of the financial commitment. Am I ready for this? Um, so I don't have any, like, here's the number you need to have in your bank account before you're supposed to bite the bullet and get an employee. Yeah. Um, I just, for me, I've always thought to myself, what is the potential for us to impact more people? Um, and then you got to be wise, of course. Like, can you support, you know, an employee for the next six months and still have operating expenses, et cetera? But very practically speaking, it's just to very simply make a list of all the things you do, all the things somebody else could do, and how, for me, that could free my time up to make more money and to have like better ideas and to use my gifts in a way that are going to be more profitable. Right. And when you're first starting out, right, a lot of times you're in the red. So I don't know what your thoughts were or if you were making a lot of money um, to be able to kind of offshoot that to somebody. But I'm just thinking if people kind of were like, say they take $10,000 out to start a business. Are mm -hmm. you? Do you feel like from the beginning, they should probably maybe not like the very beginning, but once they start getting into the groove to see like what they can pass off to use some of that money to have somebody come alongside of them? Or do you feel like, no, they really need to start getting into um, the groove where they're making money uh, um, on their own through the business before they start hiring someone? Yeah, I think it's the latter. So okay. I'm a huge fan of debt-free businesses and yeah. we've been debt-free since the beginning. And I mean, I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. Yeah. I just feel like if you're, and I know that there are different circumstances that would merit a small business loan. They're not like the enemy, right. but um, I, I definitely think it's more important to grow slow mm -hmm. than it is to take out a small business loan and then be paying people money that's not really yours. So yeah, okay. um, yeah big fan of growing slow and yes. just waiting it out. Yeah. Speaking of Dave Ramsey, so I have Christy Wright from Business Boutique. Uh, her episode um, is airing soon. And then Rachel Cruz, which is Dave Ramsey's That's daughter. Awesome. Is, yeah, she's coming in September. So um, I'm really excited. So it's funny that you say that. So I totally agree. So but I always like picking people's brains because a lot of people have different thought processes on how mm -hmm. that works. So um, I, I like what you had to say with that. So um, we're going to jump back to power sheets. So um, I wanted to ask you how you decided to come up with power sheets, mm -hmm. how you came up with the name. And I just want to tell you that I feel like I cannot stay on top of my power sheets. <laughs> I know. And then I try not to get stressed that I did. I know literally, Laura, this happens to me all the time. It's like the 10th of the month. And I'm like, oh, 
I'm like, I didn't do it. I'm like, <laughs> and, no, and I have some tips. That's yeah, great. Yeah. And also too, um, or, or I will be thinking about it, say the 25th and then I don't the 25th of the month before. And I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then I'm not sure what happens. And then the 10th rolls <laughs> yeah. around and I'm like, oh no, I'm like, I didn't start. I mean, I will go back and do it because I really have tried to work on the, um, the phrase, progress, not perfection. So, you know, not be like, well, 10 days have already gone. So who cares about the rest of the month? Mm, um, so yeah. I would love to hear how this came to be and what your suggestions are if people do have um, power sheets and they're feeling a little bit like me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I guess I'll start with this. My first encouragement is that power sheets, which are our intentional goal planner, they help you to uncover your goals and then live them out. So there are monthly planning pages that um, help you to focus on breaking down your big picture goals. And it really is all, like you said, about progress, not perfection. It's about little by little progress adding up. And I think the challenge for most people is that they, and I don't know if this is you, Amber, so I'm certainly not speaking to you, but um, some people, they they look at something like the Power Sheets Goal Planner and they think, oh, it's supposed to be easy, right? Like goals, that should be just something like my day mm, planner. Right. Um, but that's kind of like saying living intentionally should come easy and it should never be mm. uncomfortable. And so, and I'll speak to the other side of this in a minute too, but I do think that it, what the power sheets have done for women over the last almost seven years now is challenge their thinking and challenge the status quo, which tells us that good things happen easily. Good things happen overnight and they don't. Good things happen little by little through imperfect progress. And um, like you said, sometimes you just have to say there's nothing magical about the first day of a month. It's never too late for me to make intentional decisions forward. So really there's nothing magical about January 1st either. That's like our motto here. Um, we exist not to help people achieve their goals necessarily, but to really help them think in a different way about all of life and to realize that it's okay to grow slow. It's okay that your progress isn't perfect. And it's kind of like intrinsically part of growing good things. So I would say you're on the right path. That tension you're feeling, Amber, yeah. that like, I don't know, like I feel like I'm behind <laughs> is challenging yeah. your thinking about the rest of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. How did Power Sheet start? It's because I needed a way to keep up with my own personal list of all of the good things that I wanted to grow in my life. And so I, I basically made a solution for myself. I, I remember sitting down one day at my desk and I wrote down this list of everything from like my marriage to my Facebook page to all these things that I wanted to tend to. And that's where um, the tending list came from. The tending list is like a cornerstone page from Power Sheets for those that don't know. And um, the Power Sheets just kind of evolved into a set of worksheets that were designed to help you make powerful decisions. And what that, that really means is there's a difference between a purposeful decision, something that has power in it, like a light bulb has power in it, and it can illuminate someone's life. It can illuminate your path versus something that doesn't. And um, that feels very flat, like you're going through the motions. And I think that's a mirror to what so many of us feel in our lives is we want to live on purpose. We want to know that we have that we're using our gifts. You know, we want to know that we're living life in this messy, imperfect balance, um, and moving forward towards something that adds up in big picture. So that is where they came from. And they started as just a loose leaf set of worksheets. And now of course they're, um, in a bound 
set and we've got stickers and all kinds of fun things that go along with them. Yeah, it's beautiful, guys. Like Power Sheets really doesn't paint the picture of how pretty the book is. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's really beautiful. It makes you want to write in it, but then it also makes you not want to mess up. And I'm going to say this because you give an area where you're like, go ahead and mess up because you've already (laughs) thought about this, that you're like, people are going to be like, I don't want to scratch anything out and I want it to be perfect. And so I really love, and I talked about that with Amber Housley when she was on my show, um, that, that, I love that you thought about that ahead of time, knowing that most likely the people that are going to buy this are going to be the the, the people that don't want to mess up (laughs) and they don't want to scratch it off and look messy. And so Mm -hmm. I just love that. And so what is your um, routine with working on this? I know it's probably at the beginning of the month, but like, how do you make sure this is always making it on your calendar to start Mm -hmm. working for the next month? That's a great question. So I think um, just like we talked about this like rule of exchanges with like someone maybe choosing real life over Facebook or whatever it is. um, It's the same thing for me with my goals. And when I say goals, I'll just read off of my power sheets for this month. Um, Like my goals range from anything from, you know, doing our team summit really well to cultivating the hearts of my children. So these are really the the areas that I want to grow, that I want to make sure that I'm tending to. And I want to look back at the end of the year and say, oh, I'm so grateful that I spent time on this. So for me, the power sheets are really all about priorities. And in that, that motivates me to exchange other things for a time doing them. And it only takes me like 30 minutes a month to do it. So to me, that's worth it to really get back hours of time I would have wasted just kind of flailing around, not knowing where to put my intentions and my time on. Um, so I, I think a few days before the end of the month, I have a recurring reminder on my calendar to do my power sheets and I sit down and I do my, you know, it's like two or three pages you fill out of worksheets. And, um, and then I have them sitting here open on my desk all the time. Mm. And even on the weekends, I bring it down into the kitchen so that if I have what feels like an idle moment, maybe when the two little ones are napping and like Grace is doing something outside, I will look at that and say, oh yeah, I want to read this book because this is connected to my big picture goal of cultivating the hearts of our children. And so I might just, and again, it's about little by little progress. I might just read like one paragraph, but I get to mark off progress there. And that's what really the tending list is all about is marking off progress. Yeah. And I just want to paint you guys a picture. So what she's talking about, there's a little bar. And so instead of just checking it off, you you can kind of just start shading in for mm-hmm. the, for, it's for the week, right? Yeah. For the, it's for the, the week. monthly goals. Yeah. The month, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You so, it. so you can shade it in. And I think that's really cool because sometimes I think when it's just a, you know, black or white, you kind of feel like, yes. Oh, can I really mark that? Right, I don't right. know. So it's kind right. of nice to be like, well, I did a little. So, yep. um, I, I do love that you thought about that and that you were so intentional about that. Um, Laura, we're almost at the end of the show. And so I wanted to ask you for all the moms that feel scared to go after their dreams or feel like they're not equipped to do it. What advice would you like to give them? Mm, I could give you so much advice right now, but I would say, <laughs> The number one thing I would say to myself in those shoes, and I will say this too, I often feel that way as well, is little by little by little by little by little. I think I've probably said that like 20 times in this episode, but I really think it just keeps coming to mind um, that 
you don't have to take this huge leap of faith into a brand new dream overnight. And you probably couldn't, even if you tried. Um, but you can take one step forward and you can see where that one step leads. And, um, really it's like we, as a society, we just want, and as women, we just want to know the plan, right? We want to know like all the steps forward before we take that first step, but you're never going to know all those steps ahead until you take the first step. So that's my encouragement is if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling like you're not equipped, if you feel like you are not the right person for the job, little by little by little, take that step forward and your momentum and your confidence will grow if you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I love that. So Laura, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? And also, I wanted to ask you this before, who is making things happen for? Who is that ideal person to come to that? Yep. It's a great question. And I'm glad you asked because we only have a few tickets left for September. Um, Making this happen is literally for everyone. So we've had women in their upper 50s. We've had college students. We've had moms. We've had um, corporate CEOs, funeral directors, lawyers, I mean, you name it, the unifying factor for this conference, which is really unlike anything else is a desire for change. Um, so it is for people that know what their goals are and just need a kick in the pants to take action on them. And it's also for people that have no idea what their goals are. I think the, the most success we've seen out of attendees is people who are maybe in a life transition or feel like they just need a fresh perspective that's what this is for. Um, and you can find more information at makingthingshappen.com. And then as far as finding me on the internet, you can find me on Instagram at Laura Casey and also at lauracasey.com is my website and blog. Um, but then cultivatewhatmatters.com is the home for power sheets and all of this good goal planning advice. Yeah, I love it. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been such a pleasure. It's been a joy. I'm so grateful that you have me on. Thank you so much. Hey, you guys, would you like to have every podcast episode in your inbox on Tuesday? That way you don't have to go search for it or have to remember that, hey, a new Mom Inspired Show has aired today. You can have that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and subscribe. If you're looking at it on your phone, just scroll to the bottom, enter your name and your email. If you're looking at it on your computer, it's going to be on the right-hand side. That way you won't miss an episode. And I'm also going to start including travel tips every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week.